0: Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another exciting guest for you But just before we get into that, I want to tease you with the fact that there is coming to Virginia Beach and to Toronto, the Bulletproof Confidence Weekends. This is a weekend with Christy Hart and myself, so two dominatrices getting you stepping into your confidence so that you can rock your business. Stay tuned for the announcement on that. Make sure that you join the Facebook group, access your inner dominatrix, and find out all the links. All right, so let's get connected here. So I have an amazing man with me, Ryan Thomas. Ryan has a business called The Intimate Lifestyle, and he also has his own podcast, which you're definitely going to want to check out, called Modern Sex Talks. And he helps men to build sexual confidence, deepening their intimacy in their relationships, and recover from sexual shame. So I was really excited to bring you on, Ryan, because I think you're doing something that you know so many people think is wrong to talk about that they have so much you know stigma and bs about but yet you're bringing like really great conversations to people and taking all of that stigma and shame out of it and so thank you for being on this show
1: oh thank you for having me Yeah.
0: yeah and and the, you know i know with your background you were in the army and so how did you go from being in the army to sex talks like that's kind of a leap
1: really it's not <laughs> linear hmm. Hmm. um yeah i was in the army i was in the army for 11 years and um yeah it was Not exactly the place where I go to, where you go to learn about, you know, emotional intimacy and opening up your heart and the word vulnerability usually means that person, you can, you can, you can take that enemy down. That is Mm -hmm. their vulnerability. You can take them down. So the word vulnerability literally was kind of a dangerous thing to say. Yeah. Um so it wasn't exactly a, a place where I could expand in, in that way, but I've always actually been quite intuitive. And I remember when I was about four years old, I learned the word empathy, and then there was another time when I learned that saying, and it really stuck with me. And and I think there was one more time when I was getting uh, when I was getting older. Yeah, it was the same teaching. It was basically treat others the, the same, the way that you want to be treated. So that was always a lesson that I had always had in my life. That was sort of like a foundation to who I was. And I was always very intuitive. But when I went to the army, I had to sort of shut off my intuition, my emotional intuition in a lot of ways. And, uh, and, and a lot of it came down to power and, and, and strategy and a lot more logical, uh, sort of, sort of thinking. Um, so that was sort of like the background in the army. And during my time in the army, I actually started to develop a a hatred for women. A lot of that came down to the fact that I was really insecure and that I really craved women's attention and approval. And because I craved it so much and I was really insecure, I'd go into my relationships or I'd approach women and then they wouldn't like me. Because they weren't, they weren't rejecting me. They were, were rejecting my neediness and my need for approval. (laughs) That's what they were, they were rejecting. But I was, I didn't understand that. So they were rejecting me. And I thought, I'm a really good guy. Why don't you love me? Probably because you're a bitch. Fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> and clearly, that's what it is. Clearly, that's what it is. You either yeah. like me and you're awesome, or you don't like me and you're a bitch. Yes. <laughs> so, clearly, there's no middle ground. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so yeah, so I developed a, a lot of hatred towards women, and uh, and then that manifested as premature ejaculation, just a ton of relationships that just ended very, very poorly uh and then more sexual dysfunction uh in the form of erectile dysfunction and performance anxiety and yeah yeah, i mean obviously being in the army i couldn't talk to anyone at work or my buddies from the army about what was going on because
0: yeah that wouldn't go over well no
1: no not (laughs) at all so i kind of had to figure it out on my own and i remember having a conversation with my mom and something clicked and I realized that I was the only common denominator in all of these crappy situations that I was getting in my life. I was the source of my problem, not women, not men, not the patriarchy, not any of this other bullshit that's going on around me. It's I'm the source of my my problems. Once I realized that, my relationships around women completely transformed, did a complete 180, and uh and I started getting much better sex. Uh, better relationships, healthier relationships, happier relationships. Yeah. And then there's more with regards to the sexual dysfunction part as well. Like I had to sort of figure that out all, all on my own and yeah. So fast forward to now and um, I give, I give men the support and the education to go through the, the shitty times in their lives and then, and then come out, you know, a, a champion at, at the end of it with regards to relationships and, and sex. So I help build sexual confidence and, And intimacy, because that's where I struggled the most.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, because so many men struggle with you know being honest with themselves, being willing to say you know this is a problem for me. So I love the fact that you're willing to a admit that you hated women, and and then b that you're willing to look at it and say, okay, how do I how do I change what's going on for me, so that. I have a better relationship or a better chance at a relationship. And, and of course you've turned that around in a really dynamic way. So I'm assuming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think that I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, anger can be, it can either be turned into aggression. Anger can be turned into three different, three different things. Aggression towards others where you start to lash out at the other gender and blame them for all your problems and, and everything that's wrong with the world that's one more physically violent, right? And so there's, or become really manipulative. So those are ways that you, this anger can show up as aggression towards the other. Or that anger can turn into aggression towards yourself and it can start to eat you up from the inside in the form of insecurity, uh, anxiety, or depression. Or laziness as well. That's another way as well. Procrastinating when it comes to relationships and, and doing what you need to do. That can, that can be a form of anger and rebellion.
0: Kind of a uh, passive-aggressive. Sort of thing, or
1: exactly, it's passive aggressiveness. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that you that anger, like in the healthy way, if you actually embrace your anger and say, ah, you know what, I'm angry. In a lot of ways, I don't like women, and or in a lot of ways, I don't like men. Not because I don't love them, but because they confuse me and sometimes they just don't make any sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're often accused of that. I I don't know. I don't think we're all that complicated.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I think about us guys too. I know it's, um, yeah. So anger can can be transmuted into passion as well if you actually Mm. embrace your anger and if you understand it. Because then at that point, you're not trying to fight your anger. You're like, ah, you know what? I have a little bit of anger, I want to understand it. And if I bring it close to me, well, then the power of it dissolves. And then I can actually like, create more room to find love for the other gender. Yeah, And then in turn, I, I actually find more love for myself when I do that.
0: Absolutely. And, and yeah, I love that. You know, the the idea of anger being a good thing because so many people think oh anger is bad and just push it away and stuff it shove it down especially you know for women they will tend to really repress the the anger but i love inviting people same as you like step into it own it because that's your power center and it's such a great energy to to bring up to be able to like move forward in your life so yeah you know, we're we're kind of aligned on that use the anger instead of a weapon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much to talk about anger. Mm. I mean, uh, for women, women aren't really allowed to be angry, so uh-huh. instead, women will cry. So in relationships, if uh, if if a woman hasn't done a lot of uh, a lot of growth work, or right, I mean, like deep shadow work as well if she's angry, then she's going to cry. And then that's going to throw off the boyfriend or the husband or, or partner. Like, why are you crying? You're acting crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's because she's angry and she doesn't feel like she can actually set her boundaries and say what she needs or tell you to tell you that you're being a fucking idiot without saying you're being a fucking idiot and then creating even more of an explosion. So instead she cries. Yeah. Um, and then guys, well, we're not allowed to get sad or be weak or be vulnerable. So instead of being sad, we'll get angry because men are allowed to be angry because it can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when anger is driven from a place of adolescence, that's when it becomes destructive. But the older that you get, and if you actually do a lot of work, that anger, it's not being driven by that little child that feels hurt. It's being driven by an adult that actually understands that anger and can actually use it in a powerful way. But yeah, again, the adolescent male is um even if he's even if he's in his 40s 50s 60s or even 70s if he's still an adolescent then you know if he's sad he's just going to get angry instead so that's sort of like a the duality between men and women with yeah to anger there's but so anger many things is really healthy and it, it really is, is
0: healthy. it really is it's very powerful and it's a, a such an energizing emotion like you know, if you want to, I would, I would say, you know, if I want to get my house cleaned, I, I'll think of something that is really pissing me off because, you know, then I'll actually get down there and I'll give it a good scrub and you know, work it out. So it's really helpful, um, you know, for when you channel it that way or Absolutely. into other things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't always want to channel it into my scrubbing, but, you know, it's yeah. the idea of embracing that, um, embracing who you are, all of you and not, yeah. not compartmentalizing, okay, this is how I can show up as a woman versus this is how I can show up as a man, you know, that we can, we have all of those emotions.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you try to repress your anger or other, other emotions, then you're actually spending all of this effort trying to push something away. Mm-hmm. And that's where all of your energy is going, is saying, I'm not this thing, I'm not this thing, I'm not this thing, I'm not this thing, I don't mm-hmm. like it, get away you end up losing all of that space that you're putting into that, that space that you could be filling up by saying, Hey, well, these are the things that I am. And, uh, there's a, a good friend of mine said this, uh, the fear that is named loses its power. So so true. And yeah, ultimately it really, really is. So it's the same thing for anger. If you actually let it in and say, you know what? I don't like this part of me, but, Life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and cotton candy and puppies.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's, it, if I actually embrace that anger and say, yeah, that is me, well, now I'm not pushing anymore and I'm not trying to reject a part of myself. And in a weird way, it builds a lot of confidence because you're embracing a lot of who you are rather than trying to reject parts of who you are.
0: Uh, so and That's true. what low
1: self-esteem and insecurity is. It's, it's self-rejection.
0: Yeah, I you know I haven't heard it expressed that way but it really makes a lot of sense cuz that that it's that I don't feel good about who I am, right? And so then you're unclear about how you can show up in the world and how you can present yourself cuz you're you're waiting for other people to give you approval or you're waiting for that recognition, validation, all those things to come in. So well, it's, I mean,
1: go ahead. Y- yeah, well I mean that um a lot of anger can be like insecurity or low self-esteem. Um, it's, it comes from a place of not trusting yourself and, and not liking power. So it's rejecting that anger within you. So a lot of nice people who are actually either <laughs> quite passive-aggressive or just so nice, you're like, I don't really trust you. Mm-hmm. It's because there is a lot of anger inside them that they've rejected. And it's because they don't trust the power that's actually within them.
0: Because they yeah. think that
1: anger is bad or they think that power is bad. So they reject those parts of themselves and that can create a lot of anxiety or just so much work on living up in the clouds. I'll see this in some conscious, quote unquote, conscious communities of people <laughs> like constantly smiling. And then if you say a couple of things and they get triggered and then they, Go into this quiet space of like I'm gonna be happy
0: <laughs> yes, happy. I'm uh, uh, yeah the anger happy's what I want, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me just do some clearing work, and I can you know get rid of that
1: exactly, yeah, it's the spiritual spirit pe- of it
0: yeah, and the spiritual people drive me crazy that way because it's like you know if we're here to experience the range of human emotions, then you know what the fuck is wrong with being angry? Maybe we can utilize it, and I don't agree with getting stuck there you know, that's not healthy either. But to repress it all together, I'm, I'm totally with you on that piece that, you know, when we push something away, I love the expression, whatever we repress gets expressed. So if you repress your anger, it will come out somewhere else. So maybe you start drinking and then all of a sudden you're in a bar fight or, you know, it comes out in, you know, some sort of physical manifestation in your body. Like it's there, it's coming out one way or the other. So either face it or deal with it in some ugly form.
1: Ah, yeah, absolutely. In another way, um, actually a friend of mine says that, uh, and I like this, I, I'm not sure if this was his description of it or if it was his friends or if someone that he had read, I can't remember, but I remember him saying it. And he said, when you repress your your anger or your darker emotions, they go down into the basement and then they lift weights and then they come back up and <laughs> pound on that door. And you're like, no, 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 you get back down there and they go back down to the basement they lift with i'm for you and they come back up banging on the door you hate yourself i know you do get back down there i'm happy, I'm happy. It's all good. <laughs> look let's yeah. sing
0: another round of kumbaya
1: so good so good desperate kumbaya i <laughs> like the uh i mean this anger can show up in in different ways in a sexual context Anger can show up as premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. So Mm. if you hold a lot of anger or resentment towards your partner, you might not want to get hard because you're thinking, fuck you. Right. You, you hurt me or you're not meeting my needs or you're not, or I know that you're being passive aggressive and not telling me what your needs are. Mm -hmm. So screw you. Or premature ejaculation could be a form of, um, let's say there's a woman that you find really attractive and, you start sleeping with her, but women who were attractive hurt you a lot in the past. Well, there's going to be a lot of anger that's, dr- that's directed towards really attractive women. So when you sleep with that attractive woman, you'll ejaculate quickly because, well, you know what? I'm going to objectify the hell out of you because I'm going to use you just for what I want, but you're not going to get any pleasure out of this. Mm. So screw you. I'm going to get what I want. I'm not going to give you what you want. Yeah. And so that can be a form of really, really repressed anger. So, yeah.
0: yeah, fascinating. It's so amazing to me how you know when we really start diving into the psyche and the subconscious and, and those layers and start to really look at you know what are we doing underneath it all, not the surface you know symptoms, but what's underneath it and and changing that stuff at the uh, you know at that lower level, you know clearing out the gremlins from the basement. right so they're not coming banging back on the door it's amazing what changes for our lives really fascinating and I know you've like you've been you know moving through this journey with the with the sex and the exploration of you know really helping men to to step in and you know get rid of their shame and that kind of stuff but ultimately at the core of it it's much more of a personal exploration it's much more of a like a a personal growth program.
1: Absolutely. I'm not sure if it was you that sent me this or that you posted this. I I think that, I think it was, I think it was you, but it it was a photo and it said, everything is about sex, except sex. Sex is about power.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, but that would be a good one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then it's a photo. Well, it's a drawing of a dominatrix with, um, could be a man, could be a woman. Uh, wearing, I'm I'm assuming that it's a man in the photo, um, wearing all all latex on a leash, and uh, and that's the photo in it. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of funny because in a lot of ways it's true. Um, I mean, yes, sex is also about connection, but it's also a connection with ourselves and connection with a bit of a power dynamic. There's usually someone who's a bit more dominant, and usually someone who's a bit more submissive in a sexual encounter. So. How comfortable are you being submissive? How comfortable are you being dominant? Do you reject that part of you that wants to be dominant because you're afraid or uncomfortable with that power and responsibility? Are you uncomfortable with being submissive because of a societal narrative that tells you that you're not supposed to be submissive because that's supposed to be quote-unquote weak, which is Mm -hmm. bullshit. So sex really comes down to a lot of understanding why you feel insecure or uncertain or anxious or depressed, uh, why you find yourself in certain sexual situations that's that's ultimately what sex really is about. Sex really is a doorway to understand your motivations for pretty much everything that you do in life. Sex is the most intimate thing that we can do in a lot of ways. It can be some of the most intimate things that we that we do with one another, so it's the perfect opportunity to understand. On a deeper level, how we respond to the other gender, to intimacy, Mm -hmm. and to our own vulnerabilities.
0: And, you know, it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily give a lot of thought to. They don't think that sex can be this spiritual awakening or personal development means of, of getting connected with who you are. Because so many people are thinking of it just on the physical plane. But you think, in terms of when are you the most vulnerable? Right. And even if we think back to, you know, your days in the army under that, you know, definition of vulnerable during sex, you are the most vulnerable. Like you have no protection, like you're, <laughs> you're out there. And if something happens, like, what have you got to protect you? So you're stripped away um, emotionally and physically and left in a space where you've, you've got to face and surrender to that vulnerability
1: You know, I I think, I think for, I think that's a, speaking from my own personal experience and I think thinking about the masculine and feminine, I think that that is definitely true to some extent, but when I was, I was younger, yes, I was definitely vulnerable in my sexual encounters, but I was more vulnerable in my fear of her approval of me if, if I came too quickly or if I couldn't get hard or if I didn't make her come.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's that's um yeah as I was saying that I was thinking hmm I wonder I think that might be more prevalent in women because women are actually literally opening up and having someone enter them Mm -hmm. which is extreme like you you really have to open yourself up to that and that's something that a lot of men don't really understand is having someone inside of you (laughs) there's there's a certain level of intimacy there that i think women get more of than than men do i i guess in 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 that way i'm thinking now that men are experiencing a bit more of a mental kind of uh, kind of vulnerability in their fear or anxiety of, of around what people of what she would think of them if he didn't perform the right the right amount yeah or the right or in the right, right. way yeah that's something to think about huh so yeah <laughs> deep thoughts
0: <laughs> you never know where we're going to go on these conversations you just dive into different things it's very interesting um yeah I, I love it as an exploration for discovering more of who you are you know and and having those open conversations about what's going on like I think that it's one of the things in my training with the dominatrix is that you have to talk about what's what's going to happen, what did happen, did it work for you, did it not work for you, and that kind of training, you know, if if most people had that training around sex that they could openly talk about, okay, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, and and then afterwards to kind of go, okay, this worked for me, this didn't work for me, our, our intimate relationships could change dynamically if we had that kind of honesty.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have this thought in their, in their minds that, Oh, well, if I talk about it, then, then it's not going to be quote unquote real. So it's not (laughs) magical or magical and it's not going to be as fun Mm -hmm. or it's going to remove the magic from it. And it's not, it's not actually true. When you do share what it is that you want and you, and you ask for it, it's, it's just as good, if not better, because now it's like, well, now I actually feel safe because my partner has decided, yes, this is actually something that they're also into or they're, or they're willing to explore with me. So there's, there is an openness and a level of intimacy that can happen in, in those conversations because you are being very open and raw and honest with who you are, what it is that you want, and then asking for that help. And asking for help is really hard to do for a lot mm-hmm. of
0: people. Well, we, we actually haven't had that modeled nicely for us. You know, Where in society has it been like, oh, it's, it's a good thing to ask for help? I haven't seen a lot of that until
1: recently. Actually, come to think of it, yeah, you're right. Well, I think I might have to write a little something, something about that.
0: There we go. There's a blog post percolating away. There it is. <laughs> now I need to
1: write this down somewhere.
0: Don't this? you love it? You're having that great conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, right. I need to be, uh, I need to be talking about that later.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a client meeting um, on Saturday and it um, and it brought up this topic of timidity and um, and then... I'm pretty much done the article, but it's uh yeah, I actually had to stop him for a second and say, hold on a second. I need to write this down because there's, there's an article in here that I need to, that I need to get out to
0: the world. <laughs> yeah. So watch for that article coming soon <laughs> to the, uh, the intimate, the intimate lifestyle uh, blog post. <laughs> so that's coming. So where can people find you? If they want to, you know, hear more about you, they want to, you know, know more about this sexual intimacy, how to get over their shame, or how do people find you?
1: Yeah, people can find me by going to theintimatelifestyle.com. That's the website. You can also go to Facebook or Instagram, and our, uh, our tag is at the intimate lifestyle. And you can also find our podcast or, well, I guess my podcast, it was ours at, at, at first when <laughs> I first started. Um, you can find my podcast, modern sex talks on iTunes, podcast addict. Uh, there's, I think it's pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. It's it's in there, <laughs> uh, stitcher. Yeah. And I've got, uh, I think it's about 175 episodes right now. Uh, there's a lot of content, yeah. It's not really fluffy stuff like it's most of the I'd say well I'd say about it's a, it's about deep conversations around sex. It's not about uh-huh. oh sh- my boyfriend shaved his armpits. I don't know if I like that. Is that cool or isn't it? Find out more after the break. None of that bullshit
0: yeah it's not hypey and i can attest to that because i i was a guest on your podcast and you know we we dove in quite deeply into the topic of the dominatrix and you know that whole bdsm and looking at it it was a real in-depth conversation so definitely people check out that podcast if you like podcasts there's another good one to
1: get educated on well i appreciate that Yeah, yeah i mean it's um yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm basically giving what I think we all, well, at least what I needed the most. I mm-hmm. felt like I didn't I didn't have the information that I've been sharing and learning about. So I want to get all of this out so that you know past Ryan doesn't have to not have it. I guess in a lot of you yeah, it's kind of like going, <laughs> trying to go back into the past and give myself what I didn't have back then. Yeah. Um. There's also another thing that I I wouldn't mind plugging in here. For, I mean, sex, what we've been talking about so far, it's, it's very, it's predominantly, it's predominantly the psychology, uh, and sex is predominantly, you know, emotional, mental, all these other things. It's very, it's not quite so much mechanical, but, uh, I do have a product, uh, that's called A Man's Guide to Female Orgasm. And, uh, what that product is, is it's, uh, it's an hour long video where I give a demonstration on, on a woman. Uh, of a neurotic massage and, uh, and a pussy massage. So it ends off with a clitoral orgasm and a, a G-spot orgasm. And it's, and I show the erectile tissue, uh, different types of strokes. Um, there's ups and there's different camera angles, basically to show exactly what it is that I'm doing. And then you hear the conversation that I have with, uh, with the woman as well. So it's, it's as though you're there in the room getting a live, a live demonstration. And then there's an ebook associated with it that talks about the three main uh, blocks that women experience um, that prevent them from reaching orgasm and what their partners can do to help her pass those blocks and how to deepen intimacy in the relationships and how to spice up your, your, uh, your sex life. So that's what the product is. And if your listeners use the discount code dominatrix, they can get a 15% discount on it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And that is invaluable. Some real, genuine instructional information. You know, we can, can tend to get really vague when it comes to sex, but we need to get down to the nitty gritty of like, this is how it's done. This is how these things work. And, you know, if you want to improve your sex life, have better orgasms, which is always a good thing, um, you know, find out how. Get educated, just like any other skill. It's a skill that can be developed and it can be learned. And so, for ladies, if you have a partner, this to be a great uh, gift to give your man, so that you, he gives you a gift.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. You know what? Yeah, like half of the purchases. Well, oh, actually, I'd say about a third of the purchases have been have been women. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes like I'll get a lot of guys that say, "Oh yeah, no, I don't need that." But, yeah. <laughs> sure. Of course, you know, man, I didn't need it before either until I realized that I did. I mean ultimately it's not if it's not like sure if you're having a great sex life awesome why not expand on that why not learn more Uh it doesn't mean that just because you learned something or picked up something or watched a video or read a book doesn't mean that you weren't already good at what it is that you're doing or weren't connected well. it just means that you deeply desire to give your partner even more pleasure and you that's what you want for your partner so it's not guy shouldn't be thinking that it's he's buying it for him he's buying it for her absolutely
0: love it thank you so much for coming on this show it has been a pleasure and educational and you know we've gone off in directions that have been you know a real conversation so thank you so much for joining me ryan
1: not a problem thank you very much for having me on the show dana
0: thanks for tuning in to the inner dominatrix the show that lets you step into your bold sexy fun-filled life If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.